Welcome to the One Church Podcast. We're glad you could join us today for another epic message of grace. If you enjoyed today's word, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. It helps others like you find our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram by following us at OneChurchVB or join the discussion on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash OneChurchVB. For more information about One Church, go to OneChurchVB.com. Now, for today's epic message of grace. Here at One Church, we believe your tithes should belong in your home church. If you feel led to give, tithes and offerings can be contributed online through the Venmo app, available both on Apple and Google. Just search for One Church VB to find us today. You are now about to experience a Rick Stone original. Please enjoy. Hey, One Church. So glad that we are having church again. I hope we are almost at the end of this and we'll be meeting together soon. I am fasting and praying just for that so we can get together. But in all seriousness, thank God for technology. Thank God we're able to still get together online. And even if you missed this and you're watching it sometime else, we're glad that you're a part. Right now, if you're watching live, go ahead and comment. In, uh, introduce yourselves. Tell people where you're watching from. Give someone an encouragement. Say, glad to see you, kind of. Uh, just let's interact. Let's, ha- let's have church. It's okay during my message to be interacting. Let's do it. This, this is a unique time in the church history that we're able to talk during service and not get in trouble for it. So let's do it. Uh, today... I'm going to be speaking in Acts chapter 14. Uh, I'm really excited about this. This is uh, about Paul. We know Paul. How I'm going to give you a quick overview. You probably already know some of this. Paul, uh, he used to persecute Christians. Uh, as a Jewish man, he was had this amazing interaction with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And now he is on the opposite end and being persecuted for being a Christian, but spreading the word of God like crazy. And you hear him talk about God's grace and that is what changed Paul. That's what Paul was changed through was God's grace. That is his motivation behind spreading the word because God, because Jesus loved him at his worst when he was persecuting God's people that God showed love and now that gives them the excitement to go out and tell someone. I don't think it was ever Paul's intention to be the quote-unquote superstar of the Bible. He just wanted to spread the good news of Jesus. And here in Acts chapter 14, it's another, it's another part of Paul's life that he reveals himself. We know he went on three missionary journeys and he went around and spread God's love, started some churches throughout that. But here we know that he went around the Mediterranean a lot because there was a lot of populated cities and he would go out and speak. When he, didn't ha- when he wasn't speaking, he was tent making and that's how he funded himself was tent making. And here he is 
going to Lystria and spreading the good news. First point before we even get started, you see that it's God's grace that motivates Paul to do good works. It's not Paul trying to do good works to be loved by God. And I know this is kind of a prequel to my message, but that's what we have to realize and know and have that in the forefront of our mind throughout this, that before he was trying to do good works and and be able to fulfill the law, but Jesus fulfilled the law and showed grace, and out of that, now we want to do good works. And even though pain may come with it, that God still loves you, and that's the motivation, that's the fuel behind Paul's ministry is not to become a superstar, but you need to know the love that I have, and you can have that for yourself. But here Paul is. It's Acts chapter 14, and this is going to be verses 8 through 10, and I'm going to begin to read in 8. At Lystria, a man was sitting who had no strength in his feet, lame from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man was listening to Paul as he spoke, who, when he had fixed his gaze on him and had seen that he had faith to be made well, Paul said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet, and he leaped up and began to walk. This is a miracle that happened. This is Paul coming into a town that was very diverse, that uh, worshipped many different gods. And here he is preaching Jesus. And I, I believe if you're standing out there, it's just they're thinking just another God, just another statue that probably makes me feel a little comfortable inside, you know, because there's something greater. That, but when you see something happen, you see that a man is healed, it's a little bit different. This is a living God that, that is here. Paul didn't do this because he wanted to say, hey, look how great I am. He wanted to do this because he wanted to show how great God is. See, it wasn't Paul that did the healing, but it was God working through Paul that's healing this man. And the crazy thing is, is you're sitting there thinking that if I was there, I would immediately be like, oh, this makes sense. But we're humans. And we and I don't know what I would react in that time or where I was. So we don't want to just throw shade at people for not believing instantly. But here it is that people didn't very take didn't take kindly to this. They had a way of life, and and this is what they believe. Even though Paul was preaching Jesus the whole time, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but Paul was preaching Jesus, and then a man gets healed. It almost changes direction. Everyone's focusing on the healing and not what he was saying, because the healing is supposed to point to God, not God's pointing to the healing, and look, and Paul's not pointing to the healing, saying, look how great I am, but look how good our Father in heaven is. Look how good God is. So that it continues. Paul heals this man. You think, all right, they're going to ride out like superstars. That's how I. That's how I write the story, right? Paul, Paul hops on a donkey and rides out, leaning back, th- throwing up deuces, saying, "Oh, look what just happened." But that's not exactly what happened. It kind of took a weird turn in the next verse. In verse eleven, I'm going to read eleven through fourteen. This is what it says. When the crowd saw that Paul, what Paul had done, they raised their voice saying in their language, the gods have become like men and have come down to us. And they began calling, they began calling Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. 
The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought oxen to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifices with the crowds. Do you, do you see where it kind of went a, a little, hold on, I was talking about Jesus. A man gets healed and they praise another God for it. Me, I'd be so frustrated. Like, what are you, what are you doing? You haven't been listening to a word I say. I, I'm preaching, I'm sitting here telling you the good news and then you start giving credit to this other God. But in the very very next couple of verses, Paul and Barnabas go, no, that's not what we want. We don't want sacrifices to these. I am not a God. And he tears off his robe. Look, I'm a human just like you, which is so perfect because sometimes we look at Paul and Barnabas and maybe Peter and John, and we look at them like they are something special, that, that they are so, somewhere above us, as in the spectrum of human and godliness. And we look at that, and what does that even mean? But the point is, is look, I'm human. You can have the same relationship with God. There's nothing special about me, guys. Stop, stop praising me. Let's get together and praise God. When someone gets healed, let's praise God. When some you have a financial breakthrough, let's praise God. When a relationship is mended, let's praise God. Because it's not the person preaching the word or anything like that that has special power. It's God working through the word that the power comes from. And here Paul is, is speaking about Jesus and they start praising someone else. And Paul says, you're missing the whole point. If you start doing that, you're actually belittling yourself. As, as Christians already believers and we look at someone else and say, well, they can do this. Well, they can do that. You're really belittling what God can do in your life. Because I believe God gives us each a special calling, and we have a direct relationship with him. And that calling is just as perfect and pure as the next person's. So don't belittle yourself. When someone does something good, if it's, if it's you that does something great, I want to praise God for it. I want to get together with you. If you prayed for someone they healed, I don't want to say, man, I wish I could do that. I want to say, well, look how good God is. God worked through this person. In this situation, it was Paul, and this person was healed. But sometimes we get on this levels of how good of a Christian we are. And the point is, is God loves you right where you're at, no matter where you are. Just so you know, God loves Paul the same as when he was on the road to Damascus as he was right here preaching the word. He loves him the same. It's not because of what he's doing. It's Paul just had, a more, revela had more revelations of who God was. See, God knows everything about us. It's us learning about who God is. If I sat there and told God everything about who I am, he already knows that. But when we thirst for knowing God more, that's what we need is more knowledge of who he is. And he absolutely loves you right where you're at. Whether you may feel like Paul on the road to Damascus and not feeling great, or you feel like you're doing pretty good. You're preaching the word out of town center and all that. It, it doesn't matter. God loves you the same. It's not levels. It's knowing who he is. And that's the cool thing about Paul is it almost helped him understand who God was by being on the opposite end of it. He understood uh, God a whole lot because he knew when he was on the road to Damascus, he wasn't good enough. He wasn't, when he was blinded on the road to Damascus, he thought he was belittled. And right here, he's healing people and he's as humble as ever. He's, don't praise me. I'm just a human. It's God. It, it's great when our lives can point to God. When what we do points to God. 
So you think everything would be like, okay, you healed someone. We thought you were talking about Zeus and we were going to go that route, but you're saying no. It's all about God. The healing still happened. The miracles still happened. You think, oh, okay, tell us more. That, that's not really what happened next. And sometimes life, you think it's going to go one way and it goes another. But this is what happens in uh, verses 19 through 21. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having won over the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. But while the disciples stood around him, he got up, entered the city the next day, and went with Barnabas. After they had preached the gospel to that city, they made many disciples. They returned to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch. So, exact opposite of what you think would happen. Exact opposite when, when you feel like I'm going to go talk to somebody and give them the good news about Jesus and it's thrown back in your face. Maybe you weren't stoned for it. And what does that do? What, how does that change your mood? Yeah, you may feel rejected. But Paul knew it's not based on who I'm telling. It's by whether they receive it or not makes me feel better. It's God gave me this love. God put love inside of me so I can love people. And here Paul is. He got so they thought he was dead. He got beat so bad. They thought he was dead. They, the way they would stone him, they would pretty much throw rocks at him until he would stop moving. What a horrible way. To, to be beat. They thought he was dead, dragged him out of the city, left him for dead. And he was healed or God, God pulled through. He would never die. And he came back. And what's the first thing he did? I still have a mission. You may have felt rejected by someone in your family, someone close to you, maybe someone at work that, that's rejecting it. But it's God who we receive our edification from. It's God that that solidifies who we are, that we are children of God. So we don't rely on other people to spread the word of God because we have good news. And I'm here to tell you there's good news for you if you aren't a Christian. God loves you right where you're at and he wants a relationship with you. Now you people receiving it or you receiving it is not based on whether God loves me or not. I'm just here to share what God has done in my life. And here it's what, Paul, what happened with Paul in his life. And you need to know as a Christian right now, someone needs to hear this because I know I need to hear this probably on a daily basis. Right now, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, you are enough. Right now, you are enough. Now, don't take my words for it. Take what Jesus did on the cross for it, what he showed us, that you are enough right now. No matter where you are at, God loves you right where you are. And I think sometimes we need to get the distractions out of our way to be able to see that. The other night I was uh, going over my message and I, it was real late. I go to close everything up and uh, wanted to go to sleep. And I felt like God was ha asking me to go outside and just be still for a little bit. No, nothing very spiritual. It wasn't, it wasn't nothing like, oh, this moment at first. It was like, all right, I, I, this could be God. I normally wouldn't do this, but I'll, what's the harm of going out and sitting on my deck for... 10 minutes and I went and sat down and this may sound very cheesy I started looking at the stars they were beautiful by the way very beautiful stars you should check them out I was looking up but I realized I could it was harder to see because I had my lights on in my house I had the kitchen light on and I couldn't see as well so I went in turned off the kitchen light went up and as I focused my eyes adjusted I saw a little bit better 
forgot to turn off the light over the kitchen table. So I went back in, turned off the light from the kitchen table so it was a little bit darker. I could look up and see a little bit better, but my neighbor's porch light was on. And I, the glare from the light just wouldn't allow me to see the stars as well. And so I was wearing a hat, took it off and held it up, just kind of block it. And I could see so much clearer into the sky. I could just see the stars. And I'm, I'm, I'm not big, I'm not a big nature person. So, it's, but it was something God told me in that moment that sometimes we have to take that effort to take the distractions away so we can see what God's trying to tell us. Sometimes we have these blinding lights that come in and we need to, close that off so we can see what God's really trying to speak to us. It, it could be various things. It could be people in your life. It could be your phone turning it off. It could be social media. Whatever it is, I'm not here to tell you what your distraction is. You probably already know is that you're taking that time and blocking out all the surroundings, focusing on what God has for me and really understanding that God loves me right where I'm at. That God loves me whether I, I, I'm on the way to uh, on the road to Damascus and God stops me in my tracks or if I've been a Christian for a while and things haven't been the same. I've been there where it's just, man, God, things just haven't felt the same. Just taking that time and saying and realigning with who God is and remembering that I don't get my worth from people. See, if Paul got his worth from people, he would have quit a long time ago, especially after he got stoned. I'd have been like, I'm out. God, I'm good. I'll go, I'll go sit somewhere else and live an okay life. But he knew that he had good news to share with people. He knew God loved him. He had that understanding of who God was. And I want that for you. I want you to be able to understand how valuable you are, no matter where you are, how knowledgeable are you know where this verse is in the Bible or that. Sometimes we can even close our Bible and turn off the lights and just focus on what God do you have directly for me? I'll always encourage you to read your Bible. I'll always encourage you to pray and, and speak to God. I will always encourage that, but sometimes taking the distractions away, closing our own mouth. You know, I'm a talker. If I've been to your house, I've probably stayed my welcome about an hour longer because I'll just sit there and talk. You have to kick me out because I just talk is sometimes it's good just to be quiet. Listen to what God has for us. And I'm telling you every single time, it'll be you are valuable. God loves you right where you're at, no matter what you've done. God is in love with you, and right now, you are worth it. You are worth it. You need to understand that you are worth it. And if you're not a Christian, I want you to understand God died for you too. It's not, oh, I don't believe so. No, God died. Jesus died on the cross, so we may even have the chance to choose him. It wasn't a forced thing. It wasn't, you have to, it was, I want you because he would have created a whole bunch of robots and then we would all just worship. He wants to have a direct connection with you. And I hope that you can take this time and say, I choose Jesus today because I promise you it's the best decision I've ever made in my life. And I promise you that you will say the same. And if that's you and you want to say, uh, yes, I want to make that decision for God, you can put in the comments if you want or you can direct message us and we would love to pray with you. And I'm, I'm gonna pray also for, for you as we close up. But if you make that decision, please reach out to us. It's not saying you join one church, it's saying you join the church, Jesus' church, that, that God is, is, your, is your God, that Jesus is your savior, that he went to the cross and died for your sins. So I'm gonna pray 
And if that's you, like I said, you can message us. It doesn't mean you join our church. It means that you are part of what God is doing. So let's pray. God, I thank you that you saw it to be worth dying on the cross to have a relationship with me. And I believe that you took our sins on the cross and that now we can have a direct connection with you because, Jesus, you are my Savior. And I thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining us today. I hope you stay for next week, literally online until next week. Keep on, no, I hope you come back next week. We have another great message for you. We love you. If you have anything, if you need prayer, if you need anything, please message us. And I can't wait to see you soon. See you later. Thank you for joining us for another epic message of grace. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen so others can find us too. We'll be back next week with another incredible message. Until then, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at OneChurchVB or find out more information about One Church at OneChurchVB.com. Have a great week.